thank you for being here with us. Um, it's a, such an encouragement uh, for me, uh, just as our church family gathers, to see each of you. It's, it, it, when I say, like, you missing is not just, like, bad for you, it's bad for the church family. And, I, like, like, last week, we were really thin, it felt like, and it was like, I miss all my people this week. Like, uh, I, I miss my my church family, and uh, so just to have a full house this morning is really encouraging to my soul, so it's really great to see all of y'all here. So if you will, turn with me to Acts 17. We're going to be looking at, uh, pretty much, we're going to be asked two questions today. This message is actually probably the simplest message I've preached since I've been here, uh, since we've been, you know, doing this, and um, there's two points, which there was jokes a minute ago. One point is going to be 30 minutes. The other one's going to be three. Uh, the reality is, is I'm thinking both of them are going to be 10 to 15 each, hopefully. I, I'm going down, right down the middle. But with that, um, it, it is a very basic sermon. Like I, I, There's no frills. But I think God's wanting to ask us, two questions in this and it's it's all based upon how do we receive his word like what do we think about his word what impact does it have in our lives because what we do is we in this passage we will see two different cities that are talked about here uh the thessalonians and the bereans and so we're going to travel to uh, the bereans in the second half of the uh, passage but it reminded me of how different we can be as people. Like, how many of you guys have kids that are like complete opposites of each other? You're like, how did I get this kid when this kid is like this? I have like multiple versions of that in my life. So, but with, <laughs> with, wow, voice crack big time. Uh, I, I started thinking about how different my brother and I were when we were growing up. And like, just a perfect example of what this looked like. And I hope that someone else feels like this, like I do. Uh, when I was a kid, like Christmas defined mine and my brother, like how we are. For me, if when I got presents, I felt bad. I was like, I like I don't I don't deserve all these things. I'm not worthy of this. Like I am awful. And then my brother's like, this isn't what I wanted. And like and, and like we're just uh, completely different. And I see some of that in some of my kids. Piper's similar to. Uh, me and that she never wants gifts and stuff and I'm just not like a, a gift guy like my love language is not gifts and guess what my wife's is and so it's like man uh, what are you trying to teach me Lord but um, with that we see two opposite people people groups here in the way that they respond so if you guys will let's look at Acts 17 1 through 15 together and um, let's ask for God to speak his truth to us. So let me pray and we'll dive in. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we get to gather and study it together. Lord, I thank you that you have given us your word. And it's not just words on paper, it's not just stories, but it's your word delivered to your people so that we might know you and know what your will is for our lives. God, help us be like the Bereans in this passage. Lord, help our church be honest today of how we receive your word how we approach it God help us be honest in our hearts 
And Lord, let you work on our hearts and that we might look like the Bereans do in this passage. So God, I ask that you speak and you move. And Lord, that you would draw us to your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's read 1 through 15 together. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on, the, on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of them leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city, up, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also, and Jason has received them. And they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the, and the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they, sent, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see, the things, to see if things were so. Many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea, also they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who con conduct conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. So what we see today, and what I think what God wants us to consider, like I said already, is how do we receive His Word? How do we receive the teaching of God's Word? And we're going to look at these two contrasting cities, and these two contrasting people, and I pray that we are like the Bereans. So first, first point today is, do we fight the teaching of God's Word? Because that's, I think, the best way to sum up the Thessalonians. There were some who believed, yes, but man, they fought it. A lot of the people of the area were riled up and fighting it. So Paul went in and shared like he always does, showing it was necessary for Christ to die and rise. So he comes in and he's like, hey guys, the Messiah is not the Messiah who you thought he was going to be. He's not the king that you want to take over and rule the world in the sense that you're thinking he's not that king he's a king that had to come and suffer he had to come and die he had to give his life for us see what he was saying is it's necessary that jesus was this christ see the word christ here in the passage is not saying uh we we think oftentimes when we're reading scripture even as i write out my sermon, I do this all the time. 
Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's Jesus, and Christ is his title, the Messiah is what it means. So it's giving him the title of Messiah, okay? It's not his last name. And so what he's saying is the Christ had to come. He's trying to explain, you know the guy that we've been waiting on, the guy you've been talking about, the guy you've been studying about? Let me show you in Scripture how it lines up with this dude Jesus. You thought he was going to be this, but guess what? The scriptures tell us that he is he had to come and be broken. He had to give his life because it was the only way that we could be reconciled to God. And he's trying to show them in the scriptures the truth of the scriptures that they had it they had a misunderstanding and he's laying it out there before them. So church family, first we got to see like let's see what God's word says, not what our own opinions are. First let that be really important. Let's dive into his word, not our thoughts. And the truth of the gospel is, is that we are in need of him to speak in our lives, not us speak and do and make our way to heaven. There's nothing that we can do. Our sin tells us that we are slaves to it apart from Christ coming and saving us. And that's what Paul's trying to say is like, guys, Get this, you're trapped in your own thinking, you're trapped in your own ways. This Messiah is different than what you're thinking, and it's different than what we even really want most of the time. We want to do it on our own. We want to be able to make our way to heaven. But the scriptures tell us it's about Him. It's about Him coming and making a way for us, and that we just jump on the train with Him. I don't know if that's a good reference, but uh, it just kind of came in my head right there. So, why did they not like the teaching? It says they were jealous of people turning to Paul's teaching. See, they, Paul's teaching a completely different thing than the, they're teaching in the temple now. He's saying that salvation comes through Christ. Our hope is in Him, not yourselves, not in your traditions, not in the stuff of going to church every Sunday. Your hope is not found there. Church family, like, Hear this. This is so true for us. Where do we put our hope? Where are we thinking we earn God's favor? Because it so quickly says, I went to Sunday school. Oh, we don't have Sunday school. I went to community group. I went to church this morning. I brought my Bible even. Like, check. Isn't that us though? Like, I'm that, guys. I'm not... I'm not saying it's only y'all. I do that junk. Like, I add tallies up in my head. And, I, and then God's like, Joe, you're dumb. Like, you know that that's not true. And then I'm like, yes, you're right. It's you. It's only you. You're my hope. You're all I have. And so he's teaching something completely different. And some people are coming along. Some people are believing and I also think it's kind of like this new kid on the block type thing. Y'all remember when you were like in school and that new kid came to school and everybody's like, what's up with this dude? Like, he dresses a little different. He's from the north. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I remember the first time I was, there was a kid that came in and he had the, uh, I don't remember what those, Juca or Jink, what was, how you say it? Jinkos and the massive pant legs. I was like, 
what in the world? You know, like, and then it became a thing in uh, the South at that point. But it was a guy that came from the North with Jinkos on. I was like, I don't even know what this is. Like, world changing. So I kind of think it's a mix of, man, this guy has come in from the outside, and he's changing things. And there, all these people are kind of starting to follow them. We're losing our authority, and they don't like that. So first, they started getting jealous. And then secondly, the word confronted their lives. They got frustrated and stirred up because of what Paul was saying, that they couldn't earn their salvation. It's only found in Christ. All the stuff and the traditions that they've been living out and pushing and pushing and pushing, it's all not worth it anymore. It's Christ. It's, it's not about that stuff. Salvation is not found there. So what they do, because they feel attacked, they go on the attack. They got frustrated and they stirred up a group of the rabble. Man, those sound like some crazy folks, the rabble. Like the, the gay, so rabble is like the people of the market is really what it is. And so I guess they were like, store owners or just people in the square you know that type of thing They're, they just gather up people to come after them so the gang of the rabble that's what i'm going to call my new gang that i start so they come and then they come after jason like i feel really bad for jason he gets called out multiple times by these folks like because he hosted them so act 17 6 it says and then when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. So their, uh, their problem that they're throwing before the authorities is they're turning our world upside down. Whew. Wouldn't it be great to be known as a world turner upside downer? But truly, I mean that, church family. Like, if that could be the definition of Church of the Valley, like, we don't like those people because they're turning the world upside down for the sake of Christ, not for some weird, crazy reason, but for the sake of Christ. Like, man, what a badge to wear. And see, what was happening is he was teaching, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. And so God is speaking. It's his words. And so breathed out, and we've talked about this in the past couple of weeks, it's kind of come up. But when it says breathed out here, it's not talking, the, the word we use is inspired, inspiration. But it's not that, uh, like, I, I don't think it's the best word when we talk theologically about uh, God's word being inspired, or the word being inspired by God. Because it's not like, the Chicago song, you're the inspiration. Tell me, come on, Matthew, you there? Okay, thank you. Thank, does anybody else that please tell me? John, okay, good. Okay, I can't believe I just say that. But <laughs> the, the song, it's not like, oh, you're so wonderful, God, and so I'm going to write about you. That's not what inspiration means. Inspiration means it like comes from it is his literal breath the, it, it it's his voice his his breath being spoken out to us so it's his literal words all scripture is breathed out by god so even though men wrote god breathed it out 
And so get this, church family, it's his literal words being spoken to us for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. And so Hebrews 4.12 really speaks here, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So they were confronted with God's word because it called them out on where they were pridefully living in their traditions. And he's saying it's only about Christ. He died for your sins. When the scripture is laid out before us, church family, it reveals our hearts. Like, that is the point of diving into his words because it will speak and reveal to us. The question is, how will we respond See, it's kind of like, do you guys remember the game Outburst? The, like, I don't know, it was, it was a thing my parents played. I never really played it, but, okay, who knows what Outburst is? Okay, so it was, wow, there's like three. So maybe it, I could connect it to like a, uh, uh, a Happy Meal toy or something like that, maybe better. But in Outburst, there was like a, it was a red uh, container, and you, know, you had your cards that then would slide into this red container and it decoded like it had like this thing that because the red on the card you couldn't read what the questions were or what the answers were and so you could pass around the cards and no one would know what the answers were but then when you put it in the decoder oh i can see everything really well so th that's the point of what uh, bad illustration obviously now since you guys don't know what that is go look up outbursts it's a fun game uh, i did it once like as a kid but when scripture is laid out before us it reveals our hearts it gives us the knowledge of what's going on here oftentimes we just live our lives and just go 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 and then every once in a while it's like oh god I, I see what you're saying now in me. I see what you're talking about. This is for me right now. And that's how God's word works. So they responded in strong emotion because God was pointing to their hearts and showing them where they were wrong. And in response, they attack Jason. And they pull him out and they bring him before uh, the authorities. So... They, like, they didn't like it because it was pointing to their faults. It was pointing to their heart. And they didn't like that the world was being, their world was being flipped on its head. They're changing everything that we know. They're telling us what we believe doesn't matter. They like their current system. They had authority. And even more, they had a king and Caesar that they could handle. And they were fine with, they were fine with the structure of how the Jews interacted with the Romans. They were fine with these things. And, and in Greek culture, they had a problem with Jesus becoming king of their lives. So application for us, church family. Do we receive the teaching of God's word like the Thessalonians? Are we jealous about the results we see of other people's lives? Are we jealous in making it about us and everything in God's word is about us 
We make it about what's best for us. And we think we know what we need more than he knows what we need. I know who I am, God. You don't, even though you created me. I know that you know all these great things, but I really know what's up here. You're speaking through your word, but I know me. We're jealous for our own glory. Secondly, I think we try to avoid when the word confronts our issues. We shrug it off. We act like it doesn't matter. We hide from it. We say, I know that this is a, a thing for me today, and I'm just going to kind of turn off. I'm not going to deal with this, because if I deal with this, it means this, this, and this has to change. Or I have to have this and this conversation. And because it equals these things, I'll just rather ignore you, God. That's very true of my life. But I think the worst part is that when we hear it and know that God is speaking and then we live in disobedience. That doesn't make any sense as Christians. And the last application, we like to keep our world in the status quo. <clears throat> we like our world to not have to change. We like normalcy. We like every day being the same as the last day, even though we say we don't really like that. We like the routine of life. And we don't like when God speaks in our lives and say, you got to change these things up. Because that means i got to get out of my comfort zone. i got to do something a little bit different. I don't have to rely on myself, but I have to rely on you, God. And that makes it really difficult for me to trust that you have my good out in, in, in your plan here. Because I look out for myself. See, that's, I think, how we think. But Matthew 10, 34 through 35 says, Do not think I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have, come to bring, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. We don't want to rock the boat, church family, but Jesus came to rock the boat. We don't want the boat of our lives to be changed and the waves to come, but Jesus came to do that. And if your life is what you've always dreamed it would be, you might be living your own life on your own, and he probably needs to flip it. If it's the dream that you've had since a kid, and you didn't let him direct it, We might need to say, God, what are you wanting to do here? Be open to that. All right, now, church family, that's hard. Not an easy one. I think there's parts of our lives, though, that we do that often. It's not every single week, maybe, and maybe, hopefully, prayerfully, it's not today. Maybe I pray that you're listening and God's speaking to your heart, and he's you're saying yes and moving. He's moving. But secondly, do we receive the teaching of God's word? Our second point today, do we receive the teaching of God's word? 11 through 15, with the Bereans, I'll read the first 
piece of it. It says, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them, them therefore believed. That's where we'll stop for a second. I want you to think, church family. The word more noble here, it, it, it's a, a word that's used in the Greek to talk about people that were meant as high-born, like uh, high society type. Uh, they have a, a general connotation of being more open and tolerant and generous to thoughts. Like, not uh, just inwardly focused. And nowhere was this more evident, but in their willingness to hear Paul's exposition. They took it seriously. They did not accept his word uncritically, but they did their own examination of the scriptures to see if it really pointed to what he said. That Jesus had come to be the Messiah. So I want you to see... This is really good, church family. They received the word with all eagerness. They received the word with all eagerness. All eagerness here means all eagerness. All right? Eagerness being uh, other synonyms for it that they would use it in, in the Greek language was like a, a wish. It was their desire, their they were resolute over this thing. It was where their zeal was found. Let's take that now and apply that to our approach to God's word. They received the word with all eagerness. Do we come to God's word with a great zeal? Like a kid comes to Christmas or their birthday. We just went through birthday season in our home. All four of them, like in three weeks time span. Crazy. But the excitement of, when's my birthday? When am I getting to open presents? You know, like, y'all know Christmas, the excitement that comes with Christmas. When am I going to get to open presents? Or for us adults, I ordered something. It's coming in the mail. I'm checking the tracking every single day, couple times. Did it arrive yet? Did it get to the door? Yeah, I know y'all. I'm like that too. <laughs> that looking forward to something is that desire there for God's word. Like, I look forward to, the way I look forward to checking the tracking number for a dumb package from Amazon. Like, get how excited we get about that. Just, oh, I wonder if it's here. Like, we can get excited about some of the dumbest things. But God has spoken to us. His words to us. The God of this universe that created all things. Look out there at those trees and the fields and the mountains that we have around us. He created all of the things. And we're like, ah, I don't really care to listen to what you say. Like, do we come like, man, I get to hear from you, Lord, the great and mighty King, the one who loves me, who cares for me. And not only did they, they, they came in knowing that it's speaking to the heart. <laughs> so I want you guys to think, 
I think we oftentimes don't come in eager to the word because we know that there's some things that need to change. And we don't come in saying, God, I want you to work. Like Isaiah 64, 8 says, But now, O Lord, you are a father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. We don't approach God and his word like that. Like, here I am. I'm this piece of clay. Do something with me. Because most of the time we're like, ooh, I like that though. Don't touch that spot. Like, don't change that in me because I like that part of me. That's, who, that's what defines me. My bad attitude? Yeah, that's me. Like, everybody knows that. No, like, God wants to change all of us, and what we are is just clay to Him. And what we should say is, God, I just want you to make, I want you to make me into the most beautiful piece of pottery that you want. I'm here. Do whatever you want with me. And then we come like 1 Peter 2, 2 through 3. It says like newborn infants longing for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted the Lord is good. Think about, we have several new babies. We have a bunch of kids still on bottles. Think about the way a baby attacks a bottle. Like, when they're hungry, like, they are feisty for it. I want you to think, like, how they're, they start screaming, crying. <laughs> Y'all love that feeling, right? And then you're like, all right, we got to stop this. And so you give the bottle, and they're like, I, my favorite was, I think it was, um, I think Penny did it the most. But she would be trying to pull it into her mouth so much and she would like hit herself like like she's so excited to get it and she couldn't get her hands right you know and so uh, the desire to get the bottle man do we have that desire like an infant trying to get its milk it's my sustenance it's what I need I'm dying without it Church family, that's our approach. That's how our approach needs to be. And oh, that our churches would be filled with people longing for more biblical food than what we currently see. Sunday morning, I saw this from a pastor. It said, Sunday morning cotton candy entertainment. And a bunch of funny stories. May God grant us a Berean appetite for the scriptures. May we long for the word more than, our cult, than what our culture longs for. For things like that we connect to our culture. And what I mean by that is like I've seen so many bad things recently on social media. Of like churches doing like, uh, like a, a, a play or something that is just like completely secular thinking that if we do secular things, we're going to draw the world in to God. It's just not true. We need to be a people of the Word. We need to just teach God's Word. Like, you're not going to see me doing a show and dance up here. You got lucky that I sang for you a minute ago. But, like, honestly, like, if we become anything more than just God's Word focus and putting it out there for you and teaching, like, please, kick me out. Punch me, too. I deserve it. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm, 
Chance, punch me. Yes. No, not, not right now. <laughs> Don't get too excited. I mean it, though. Like, I need to be knocked into my senses if I go some other direction. Because what we're telling people is we're trying to draw people in with something that does not change their souls. And we water down the truth. We make it entertaining. It's not about entertainment. It's about life change, worlds being flipped. So they dissected the word daily. They came with eagerness and they dissected the word daily. They heard the teaching from God and then they analyzed the teaching in comparison to God's word. They didn't just say, all right, I hear you and I'm going to believe my own thing or I'm going to just believe what you say. I'm going to take what you say and look at God's word and say, what, what lines up here? What is correct? And I want you to see what was Paul's routine. He went in and taught on the Sabbath, right? Everywhere we've been so far, he was going on the Sabbath, going on the Sabbath. Guess what? The Bereans really messed that up. They're everyday readers of the Word. They're not just on Sunday, Sabbath day guys. They're wanting to dive in every day. So church family, this is what it should look like for us, diving into God's Word daily. Coming in and seeing and hearing from Him daily. Letting him speak. If the one who changes souls and the one who knows our soul that needs to change our soul speaks into us, but we only come every once in a while, guess what? Our soul is longing for something. Our soul is going to be in need if we just get it every single week, once a week. Monday through Saturday, it's longing and longing and longing. And the more you push it to the side, the more you say it doesn't matter. Church family, may we come to God's word daily like it matters. And what I mean by that, they examined the scripture like it was supposed to change their souls. They did not treat it like everyone else did. Because God's word is not just another book. They studied it like it really mattered. Like it held weight to their lives. So I want you to think, if you go to the doctor this week, do you want the doctor to look at your exams like they matter? Or do you want them to just kind of, everything looks good? I want us to think about that. Because our exams are life or death, right? Our medical exams, when we know something's wrong on the inside of us, and we're saying, I need you to kind of figure out what's up because I'm not feeling right. And if they don't, you're like, what are you doing? What am I paying you for? It's the same thing. We want someone to, that, to examine our stuff like it really matters because it's life or death. Well, guess what? We need to examine God's word because it matters. Church family, like we live like our spiritual life is over here and our regular life is over here. And we get to pick and choose when we do this thing. But no, we've talked about this so much. It overlaps. It's one thing. It's one life. And so church, may we read God's word like it matters. May we come urgently to it like it matters. Because it does. It's for our souls. And then, lastly, they believe God's word. 
You see in the passage that many believed. And what we heard last week and what we've talked about several times, the word believed here is entrust, to entrust their lives to the truth. Church family, when we hear God's word, do we then put our trust in it? Or do we, I'm just going to kind of do my own thing because I know I, it works. I, I'm surviving. I'm getting by. Or are we going to be so committed to this mission that we know we can't do it on our own? The gospel has to go out. And so guess what? I'm entrusting my life into Jesus' hand because he's the only one that can change my soul. He's the only one that can change other people's souls. And so I'm leaning and I'm dependent upon him alone to change me and the world around me. So church family, we see two things that come. When we share the gospel, con conversion happens and conflict comes. People will believe if we're sharing. And some people will hate the truth. So don't be surprised that as we go, people will hate the truth. But may it not be us. And yeah, we wouldn't say it with our words. But we, do we practically live like we hate his word? I don't want to be negative. I want us to be a people that eagerly seek after his word because he's worthy of every bit of our lives. Church family, this week, make it a point to eagerly seek after him. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this morning, the opportunity we have to worship you. I thank you for your word I thank you that we have these examples of the Thessalonians and the Bereans. Lord, may we be a people that are like the Bereans, that eagerly come to your word, that examine it, and Lord, we let you work. We let you do the stuff that you're supposed to do. We don't hold on to our own agendas, but Lord, we die daily for you. And we let you live through us. God, may your spirit, God, may we be the church you're calling us to be. It's in Christ's name we pray.